I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The rules aren't there to limit your freedoms. The rules are there to keep you safe. Now, hide under the bed until this is all over. Because I said so. It's high noon for Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. Eventually, I'll be on the Frank Speech app. It could be up any day. Who knows? And in the meantime, I'm occasionally on Gab at I'm your moderator. You can also check out the merch site, www.cancelcotour.com. But let me say that I went on there last night and somehow Teespring basically deleted Hundreds of the different options for designs. Is it possible that I messed something up? Okay, it is. But it's not that complicated a system. And stuff has just disappeared. So I'll be looking more into that. If you have gone to the site and thought to yourself, wow, this selection is really terrible. You're probably right. But I didn't know (laughs) because they didn't tell me they took all this stuff down. Anyway, today is the 97th full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. Hunter Biden. So congratulations, communists. At least these people are going to be pretending to save the environment while they decimate human civilization and attempt to cripple any human will to live. And of course, I'd like to extend a warm high noon Tuesday welcome to any redeemable communists. And you know what? I'm going to welcome back any redeemable communists who have now been here for more than one day. You guys are doing a great job. A few weeks from now, you'll probably be an American again. And that's really all it takes. It's just one simple little wake up where you're like, oh, my God, how did I inadvertently join a hate movement? And wait a second. These these really are commies. All these people, they they looked so normal and and seemed so normal. And they take such nice pictures on Instagram. But, wow, they are absolutely moral monsters that don't have a single coherent thought in their very dumb commie brains. And I would say, yep, (laughs) that's what it feels like. So stick with it, redeemable commies. You can handle some mocking and some ridicule. Just think about how you have treated and talked about and tried to destroy everyone who ever said they liked Donald Trump. And then you'll realize that what's happening here between me and you is only one tiny fraction of that. And rather than me actually victimizing you, by attempting to actually destroy your real life or bring physical harm to you and your family, I'm merely telling you things you don't know. You're welcome. So people are going to say, hey, your count of days at the beginning of each episode is off by one. And I know that the way the media talks about it, you are correct. They're going to say that Joe Biden's speech. I think he's actually going to go through with this and give a speech to a fake joint session of Congress that was invite only. And (laughs) it's going to be so embarrassing. But 
I think that's happening on Thursday and they're going to call that his 100th day. I don't think that's accurate. At least it's not the way I talk about it. I talk about his full days like January 20th, 2021. He was there. Maybe. But he certainly wasn't acting as president that day. He actually hasn't acted as president any day since then either. But I started the clock on his first full day, which is why I make the distinction. So if this upsets you when CNN is saying President Biden's 100th day in office, just simply get over it. I'm talking about something slightly different. I decided to go with a different standard and it's going to be all right. So I said yesterday when bringing up the Rachel Maddow thing that I was in no rush to get it out on Friday because I knew that there would just be this growing cascade of panic on Rachel Maddow's part and the part of the mainstream media. Chris Cuomo is now doing it as well, which is hilarious. But let's check in with MSNBC's Rachel Maddow for the Daily Panic Update. They can't disclose their methods or what they're doing to the ballots because, yeah, they're doing this in Arizona now, but they're pretty sure they're going to be doing this in other states, too. That's what they told the court this weekend about why they can't describe their processes. One of the saddest slash funniest parts of this is she's doing like this little shoulder dance, trying to be cute, like, oh, those silly Republican conspiracy theorists. They're just doing this thing and then they want to do it in other states. And on the one hand, you think like, oh, they just maybe they don't have processes. <laughs> maybe they don't have things they're doing or like written policies or planned training or anything. Maybe they're just winging it. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're just winging it. Maybe they don't have planned processes or like things they're doing. <laughs> she could look this stuff up, you know. It's not like it's a secret what they're doing. In fact, they have it filmed 24 hours all the time. Every single bit of this audit is filmed so that it can be gone through with a fine tooth comb at any point. They've gone to pretty extreme measures to make sure that the process here is indisputable. And yes, they had training. They had days of training. This was widely reported. There is almost no way Rachel Maddow doesn't know this. But again, this is the level of contempt she has for her own audience. She knows the only way to protect them from reality and protect her own image in their eyes is to lie to them all the time like the little child-brained communists they are. This is so disrespectful. She's literally pushing them further and further into a false reality. Or maybe they are planning on doing this in multiple states. Uh, yeah, maybe that's exactly what they're doing. That's also even what they say they're doing. Who thinks this is a mystery? Like, you can't laugh and pretend it's a question when there's actually an answer. <laughs> I mean, what is two plus two? <laughs> People are just <laughs> going to go around saying it's four? <laughs> or both. Well, tonight, bingo, there they are, announcing that in Michigan, they are also, the cyber ninjas, going to be part of the same kind of effort to prove that there were dramatic, dramatic flaws, considerable fraud, terrible, terrible things gone wrong in the Michigan presidential election in 2020 as well. Cyber ninja is going to help them out with that one, too. Isn't it amusing that, like, her strongest tool in this is trying to make fun of the name cyber ninjas? I mean... Their favorite congresswomen have a nickname. They're called the squad. Just four idiots who are women and women of color are the squad. So that should be taken seriously. But cyber ninjas, oh, they can't do anything. They're called cyber ninjas. <laughs> who would name their thing that? They must be totally illegitimate. 
But that's not enough. There's still no argument in anything she just said, by the way. She just starts going, oh, they're going to have these strange, these dark problems, these terrible, terrible pieces of fraud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Rachel, that's exactly what they're going to find. And your whole audience would want to find that out, too, had you not lied to them for the last six months. That's exactly what they're going to find. System-wide, intentional fraud that changes the course of the election entirely. They are creating a new founding myth for the Republican Party and the American right. Well, the thing is, myths are not true. But she has a critical insight on the other half. This will be a foundational story on the American right for centuries to come, really. This myth, as she calls it, is the end of the Democrat Party. I don't know why these people don't understand that after having lied to everyone for six months, the entire country, and tried to treat Americans like terrorists... When everyone finds out that, yes, in fact, the thing you called the big lie actually was just a big truth that you were using your oppressive and suppressive powers to hide. I'd say, yeah, that's going to be pretty foundational in American life for a very long time. And people are like, oh, yeah, but come on, man, the Democratic Party is not just going to go away. It's not just going to be the end. Really? Who's going to be left in it? Which American voters are going to be left in it? I mean, yeah, you got like four to six percent of people who are definitely going to be lost forever and they'll still try to support the Democrat Party. But most of the public elected representatives in the Democrat Party are at best going to lose their office. Many of them will be and should be in prison. Plenty of the power players in the Democrat power structure will be and should be tried for sedition, tried for treason, and handled accordingly. Who do they think is going to be left? You think Barack Obama is safe? No. Barack Obama is at the top of this pyramid, and the entire pyramid's going to fall. Hillary Clinton? Nope. Any of the Clintons? No. Anyone around the Clintons? No. The Bernie Sanders wing? Obviously not. The social justice communists, the squad, Kamala Harris, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. Where do they fit into this whole thing? Well, Kamala is toast. The squad will be irrelevant. None of them are even going to want to run under the brand name of Democrat. There might be no parties for a while. There might just be different patriots exchanging ideas and the people who people choose who they feel best represents them. Am I being an idealist right now? Yes, I am. Is it a possibility? Yes. I actually think it is a strong, strong likelihood. You have to understand what this is going to do to the American psyche when all of these people realize that they have been lied to not a little bit, not just about the election, about everything, and that it's been going on for decades. And what happens when they find out what the real crimes are underlying all of this? They're just going to stick around. Democrats are going to (laughs) have new candidates come out and run in these elections and win against patriots. Hell no, that's not happening. You think they're going to try to draft Chrissy Teigen to run for the California Senate? No, no. All of these people are finished. You can hear it in Rachel Maddow's voice. There is no coming back from this for them. So, yeah, it's going to be foundational to American life for the next few hundred years. One party. A group of people illegitimately placed into positions of power chose to serve themselves and higher sources of power above the people. The people are not going to forget that easily. So yeah, call it a myth all you like. It's not going to be a myth real soon, Rachel. That Trump won the election, and it was robbed from him, 
and Biden is illegitimate as a president. I didn't mean for that cut to be exactly that way, but that was the truest thing Rachel ever said. If you play it in isolation without the context. Yeah, Trump won by a lot. It was fraud. Biden is illegitimate. That's 100%. Thank you for telling the commies. And they are starting in Arizona. And even before that is done, they are already moving on with the same cast of characters, literally QAnon conspiracy theorists. It seems that Rachel Maddow might not know what the word literally means. No one can be literally a QAnon conspiracy theorist because that's also not a thing. What she's now doing is taking every single story that the left doesn't like, basically anything that disputes her deranged version of the truth. And she is lumping it into this umbrella term QAnon conspiracy theory so that she can immediately call it dangerous and say it's false and that only stupid people believe it. Got it? That's exactly what she's doing. She still has not made a single argument yet about the actual validity of the election as she believes it went. They're moving on with the same cast of characters to go get this work done in Michigan, too. And then presumably beyond anywhere they can get Republicans who hold power in the legislature at the state level um, to hire them to make this happen. It's good that she's figured this out. And it's also good that she's telling her audience because the result of Arizona is already known by us. It's 100 percent fraudulent. Not a little bit, a lot. And so every one of the people in her audience is now going to have their narrative preset as soon as that result comes out. Oh, whoa, this really is going to happen in all the other states. So thank you, Rachel, for speeding up the process for us. It is so stupid. Oh, really? Is it stupid, Rachel? It's stupid. Here's what's stupid, Rachel. Taking 10 minute chunks of your show and saying QAnon over and over again and giggling about cyber ninjas and pretending that this is all not happening, that this is only happening on a fantasy conspiratorial realm, like this is never going to affect the real world. That's stupid. You know what else is stupid? Not being able to explain to your audience what the process they're using in Arizona is. And then beyond that, not being able to explain to any of them why they might find discrepancies and why those discrepancies actually are no problem. I would welcome some communist actually trying to say that, that they actually can debunk these issues. But of course they can't. We're talking about a state where shredded ballots were found. And George is another one. There's no cheating there. Hey, Rachel, that's stupid. And, you know, if they can do it and do it right, it's also kind of the end of democracy. Consider the arrogance of that statement, right? What's happening right now is an independent, transparent effort to make sure that the American vote and the American way of life is not ended. That's what's happening. America ends when the vote no longer matters. And that's exactly what we got in the 2020 election. That is the system that she is trying to hold in place. And she's about to flesh that out in this clip a little bit, but she doesn't hit on this. What does she mean? It's the end of democracy. She's saying that the cyber ninjas are going to deliver a false result that is going to stoke more conspiracy theories. And that is, is what she's saying is the end of democracy? Why is that the end of democracy? If the election's proven fraudulent, it's fraudulent. If we're just all stupid and believing a story that's not true, then what's the problem? I'm sure that there will be adequate reporters at the New York Times to come out and debunk everything, won't there? I mean, they've already debunked all claims of election fraud, haven't they? I mean, that's why... Saying that the election was stolen is the big lie because they already proved that that didn't happen, except they haven't proved that at all. All they've said is that the courts rejected the Trump cases and that Chris Krebs, the communist from CISA, who was an environmental sciences major. 
He said it was the safest election ever. And Bill Barr said he hadn't seen the evidence of fraud to that point. That's their whole story. That's the basis on which they think that this election has not been stolen. They don't have any way to answer any of these questions. That's why she sounds like this. At least the end of our democracy, to the extent that our democracy is built on the principle of two major parties competing with governing visions that are fought out in contests where the people vote with ballots. They're tallied in a technocratically sound way. We accept the results. The loser lives to fight another day and the winner gets to govern. Well, leaving aside what a ridiculous statement it is that the ballots are tallied in a technocratically sound way. She still has American democracy completely wrong. First of all, America is not a democracy. America is a constitutional republic. And in that constitution, we have systems of checks and balances. We have a separation of powers so that when systems fall apart and are defrauded and corrupt actors are influencing the outcomes, there are measures in place that dictate how we might resolve these problems. The Arizona Senate has taken a legal, constitutionally allowed process and gotten that underway to try to find out what the truth here is and try to root out all of this crime and corruption. They should be applauded for this. To the extent that that's pretty much the way our democracy functions. If after every election you lose, you call in the cyber ninjas to declare the guy who's now governing to be illegitimate and you to have been a usurped power. Then our democracy is over. Is that what it is, Rachel? Well, you see, the thing is, if after every election we call the cyber ninjas in and we have everything monitored and filmed and completely transparent as we have in this election process, that would be the greatest thing that ever happened. That's not the end of our democracy. That's a system that produces full faith in our processes. That is what we are supposed to want. And I don't think these communists really understand where MAGA comes from at this point and where people like me come from at this point. I said on November 4th, something really shady is going on here. And if you want the American people to believe that Joe Biden got 81 million votes, get in there and have a forensic audit of all of the ballots across the nation everywhere. I said this over and over again, and I'm not the only one. That's the point of view of our side. If you want us to believe the result, open the books up. Let us see how it happened. Show us that the result you created is actually correct. It's not hard. It's a very simple demand. Transparency and truth. That's it. No one wants anyone tricking anything. No one wants anyone on the Trump side to be committing crimes and defrauding the American people and lying to the public. None of us support that whatsoever. And if it took that to get Trump back in office, we wouldn't want it. That's the point. We want the country to function. We want the people's voice to be listened to and heard and respected. We want the vote to count. We don't want to be told what we need to believe by someone on MSNBC telling us about the technocratically correct point of view. Technocracy is a lie. Technocracy is the belief that a few very smart people like Rachel Maddow, who went to very smart people universities, actually can tell everyone else in the country the best way to live, even without knowing any of those people. And that, as we see, is an idea so dumb that only educated people could believe it. They literally have to be trained to be this bad at thinking. And this is the same mindset that says epidemiology is a science and that we should listen to the epidemiologists. 
Epidemiology is one half applied mathematics and one half an understanding of human nature and human behavior that absolutely none of these technocratic dorks can even try to understand, much less master. That's why all of their predictions are constantly wrong. And assuming that this Perkins Coie judge doesn't try anything crazy and this audit proceeds unencumbered to its end, I think it's going to actually be much worse for the Rachel Maddow's of the world than she even thinks. And I think that this is true for a lot of us. And I know it's true for myself up until yesterday. I made a little short video in the afternoon. I put it on Rumble and YouTube at I'm your moderator on either of those places and you can find it. But I think that we've all been thinking about this wrong. I think the idea is, oh, Arizona is first, okay? Arizona is obviously going to flip its result. We're going to know that the result was illegitimate and wrong. Donald Trump won the state by a lot. We're going to see a lot of other races there completely fall apart. And the common thinking is that that will happen, and then we'll go to Georgia or Wisconsin or Michigan. We got the New Hampshire thing happening, although that's its separate thing, and they're actually hiring an auditor who is one of the people who's already said that everything in the election went fine. He signed his name on a letter to the Senate president of Arizona, Karen Fan, telling her that this whole audit was unnecessary and ridiculous and that it doesn't need to happen. So we already know where he's at. This guy is absolutely legitimately biased and they're complaining about bias on the other side. But still the idea being, That one state goes down, then another, and then another, and then another. And once that many electoral votes has switched columns, then the country realizes that Trump actually won the election. And then who knows where the fallout goes from there, right? But I think that's leaving out something important, and that's this. What the Arizona election audit is going to prove is not only that Donald Trump won that state and a bunch of other representatives won seats they were reported to have lost. It's going to show that a massive series of serious crimes were committed. And that's not something that you just ignore and move on to the next state. Those crimes are going to be publicized and they're going to have to be prosecuted. And the thing is, those crimes go up to the highest levels. We know for a fact from the WikiLeaks emails that John Podesta and George Soros were discussing The fact that the 2016 result was locked in based on what they had done with Dominion Systems. That is already out there, okay? That's already real information that everyone just pretended didn't exist or that it no longer exists or it's irrelevant now because nothing happened. Do you think that the people who are going to prosecute these crimes don't know Who's responsible? Of course they do. And we all do too. That's why the public momentum for all these audits has continued this long. It's not because we have doubts. It's because we know exactly what happened and exactly who did it. So who do they start with? Maybe John Podesta. But either way, there are plenty of people in Arizona. You can start with their Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs. She was on there palling around with uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN last night, pretending that everything was just a big joke and that there was no way anything went wrong. Well, she's not going to have a very good May and she might want to cancel her summer vacation plans because she's not going to be able to go on them. This is one more George Soros, Secretary of State. Yes, the connection is there. He has Secretary of State programs. Jocelyn Benson in Michigan is another one. You can look it up. But she's going to be in big, big trouble. Why? Because she committed very serious crimes against the people of her state, against her state, and against her country. Are we just going to pretend that when that information gets exposed 
everything in Arizona is going to be done and the cyber ninjas will just pack up and go to Michigan and they're just going to be on tour until we get enough electoral college votes. That's how we all have been thinking of it. If you weren't, congratulations. Why didn't you present that other option to me? That's what I would ask. But I think that we've all been wrong about this. This is going to play out a little bit different than that. I mean, this is going to be the exposure of a system-wide intentional fraud against the American people that has no end, okay? These systems were replicated in states all across the country. They have evidence of fraud in 50 states. This isn't going to just stop. This isn't going to get shut down. The rest of the country is not going to think, oh, yeah, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. No. The information is going to be out there. The evidence is going to be out there. And these communist idiots on cable television are going to keep red pilling the shit out of their audiences until this is over. It's honestly like they're just softening them up for the final blow rather than protecting them like they think they are. And it's so disturbing because these quote unquote thought leaders on the communist side They just keep drilling these messages home into their fans and followers. I'm talking about idiot celebrities on Instagram, people at the Oscars, these cable news hosts, whatever. Daily Beast writers, New York Times writers. They're going to keep hammering these points home. They're going to keep saying that none of this is real, but it's all real. They're like literally running a race against the truth, even though the truth is eternal and they're about to get real tired and hit a wall. And of course, their fans and followers lap it up and they retweet it and they say, oh, my God, you're so smart. You're so right. Yes. Cyber ninjas. What a silly name. Gosh, this is all so stupid. I can't believe that like all of these like real life QAnons are taking it this far. Like, what are they crazy? Oh, yeah, of course, they're crazy. That's why they believe QAnon in the first place. (laughs) Keep thinking it, Kami. Keep thinking it. And even beyond the illegality and crimes and potentially arrests, fraud vitiates everything. It's not just a little thing. Arizona is now no longer just Arizona. It would be like baking a nice, warm American apple pie and then finding a tiny little shard of glass in that pie from a glass you know you dropped. While you were baking the pie and you thought, oh, well, no glass got in the pie. I'm fine. But now you find one piece of glass in that pie. And it turns out you don't know how many more pieces of glass are in the pie. Are you going to keep eating the pie? No, the whole pie is screwed. What Arizona has done, what the state of Arizona has done is shown the country that an election can be defrauded. And that every person with the authority to object to that election within that state failed to do so and then delivered a fraudulent result to the Congress. They sent fraudulent electors to the Congress. Now, people will make the argument that it was just Arizona and good luck to them. But it's not just Arizona. The piece of glass is now in the entire pie as soon as the Arizona truth is out. And all of a sudden, the protesters on January 6th were not only not evil and not starting an insurrection, they were 100% justified in showing up there and listening to their president and peaceably and patriotically marching down to that Capitol to express their grievance. Because their grievance was legitimate. Their election was being defrauded. The entire nation, an entire half of the nation, was being disenfranchised intentionally and by force. And Mike Pence will look like every bit the pussy Donald Trump called him that day. And pardon the language, Trump said it. And if Trump says it, I get to say it. Well, also, even if Trump hadn't said it, I would still be allowed to say it. But how does Mike Pence look not holding that up? He had the opportunity to take 10 more days. Let's find out. That's what he was supposed to say. He chose not to do it. 
He tried to say he didn't have the constitutional authority for that. And everybody just let it slide. The Kelly Lefflers of the world said they were going to object and then they pulled back because of the very, very dangerous insurrection. And what do we have? Just one more big lie from the communists and their state media. And so how does all of that look? How many people put their names to that saying, yes, I believe this is the truth. Yes, I believe the process worked just fine. It's not just one state. It spoils the entire system. So what happens after the Arizona audit? The result becomes clear. Is Josh Hawley going to just shut up? Is Ted Cruz going to shut up? Is Rand Paul going to shut up? These are people who had concerns about the result, concerns about the process. Donald Trump is definitely not going to shut up. No one is going to trust the result of the election as reported by the media when the Arizona audit is finished. So what then? We keep imagining we just have to wait for state after state after state. I really don't think it's going to go down that way. And again, I could be wrong. I'm speculating. But how in the world is the country going to react? You see, I, I think Rachel Maddow and Chris Cuomo and all these people, they would have been smarter to just ignore this thing completely, like legitimately pretend it's not happening. I don't understand why all these communist organizations are so incompetent. I mean, part, part of it I do understand. They think everybody else is incompetent and stupid. And so they can just get away with this stuff. Just throw out little distractions and pretend, oh, yeah, I know that thing's going on, but it's not a big deal, so don't worry about it. That worked for a really, really, really long time. But that doesn't work anymore. People know how to get information now. They would have been better off not addressing it at all. Now they have told people it's happening when those people who normally only watch CNN and MSNBC and only read the Daily Beast and the New York Times and the Washington Post, now they all know that this story is real. Their brain has been opened far enough to understand that other people have legitimate things to say about this. And what will they think when, for instance, again, speculating, the Secretary of State of Arizona is walked out in handcuffs or that workers, precinct workers or election officials are walked out in handcuffs. What happens when Doug Ducey, the governor of Arizona, a Republican, is exposed as having been part of this? Are Arizonans just going to sit silently by and pretend that they're in a blue state? They're not in a blue state. Arizona's a red state. All these states are red states. The people aren't going to allow this. Rachel Maddow's worried about all oh, those states with the Republican legislatures. Yeah, that's more than half the states, Rachel. And what happens when all the Republican like let's say it happens on that sort of on that sort of timeline and all the Republican states have gone and every single one's like, yeah, you know what? There was rampant fraud and Trump won. What happens then? Just pretend it's not real. And so now, hopefully, I will have this up before this hearing actually happens and it's not happening now and will invalidate something I've said here. Like, who knows? There's a judge there now from Perkins Coie who's lording over this audit in Arizona. And it's totally possible that he might throw a wrench in this system. I don't think that that's going to happen. And if it does happen, I don't think it's going to work, but it's possible. There's supposed to be a hearing happening today and then more hearings in the coming days. Aside from that, Take note of how fast our information stream is flowing, okay? So yesterday, or I mean Sunday afternoon, the judge, Christopher Corey, recuses himself. Then they get a new judge in there, Daniel Martin. Within hours of Daniel Martin being named the judge, he's a 
Janet Napolitano appointee, and Doug Ducey is just as much a part of the Arizona mafia as Janet Napolitano, right? So we're talking about people who work together despite their party labels. This is Napolitano appointed judge who used to be at Brown and Bain. We all found that out immediately and circulated it everywhere to the point where there are already calls for this judge to recuse himself because Mark Elias and Perkins Coie are on the other side of this case. And if we win that, hopefully we will. That is what it looks like to win a battle in an information war. This is stuff that Republicans and that the right and that America first people were not doing a few years ago. We can now win one of these in 24 hours as soon as we find out something's wrong. And we are looking at everything, everything. This reviewer, this auditor that they chose up in New Hampshire, how long do they think that one's going to last? We are already pressuring New Hampshire to get that guy right out of there. You think they're going to just stand up and stick with that guy in the face of actual public pressure? This is a national issue now. I don't know what these people in New Hampshire think they're messing with. But this is the full force of a righteous and just American public that is going to bring to bear all the power we have in this information war. And we are so much bigger. There are so many more of us. We are so much smarter. We are so much more powerful. And beyond any of that, even if none of that was true, we are so much faster. These communists are trying to point out clever hypocrisies on Twitter and searching for retweets while we're out hammering true information, relevant information at high speed, faster than they can even dream of. We are not losing any of these narratives. Each and every day is a win for our side. And they're not going to stop. Good luck to them, honestly. You think patriots are going to bend on any of this? We'll be forensically auditing California before they stop us. It's crazy what they're betting on. They must think that we're in 2008, where everybody just believes everything because a Democrat says it and CNN repeats it. We're not the John McCain Republican Party fighting against Barack Obama. This is the entire American public destroying communism. No one's going to stop. No one's going to give up. We will fight every single battle and win every single battle. Just keep doing it. You know, James uh, O'Keefe at Project Veritas has been talking about distribution by proxy which is basically something I've been talking about for a year. The key here is to share information. Other people's information, your information, doesn't matter. Get the story, get the story right, send it everywhere. Share every single thing that's relevant to the narrative in the channels where you discuss these things. Put it on your Instagram, put it on your Twitter. If you're afraid of getting taken off Twitter or Instagram, you are not on the team. Okay, sorry to be harsh, but give me a fucking break. Are you a teenager? Then you don't need Instagram. And you can like Instagram, that's fine. But this isn't about your personal preferences. This is about a country at stake. Put the information in the face of these commies. And if Twitter or Instagram delete you, deal with it then. You're just going to give up the ground. Oh, no, you're still fighting on that ground because you talk to people in DM. No, you're not. If you're not putting information in communist faces in a public way every single day, then you're not in the battle. And if you don't believe me on eventually auditing California, look what's happening to Gavin now. It has been confirmed by the California Secretary of State 
that Gavin Newsom is going to be subject to a recall election likely this fall. The people did that. The people aren't stupid enough to deal with Gavin Newsom. The leftists thought Gavin Newsom was going to be president someday. He's connected to the Gettys. He's connected to the Pelosi's. That is true California political power. Corruption at the highest level. Compromised by the Chinese Communist Party and willing to do business with them. Even though they have concentration camps right now with two million Muslim Uyghurs. But we got Gavin and Gavin's going to go down. Hopefully Rick Grinnell will run. And if anyone is friends with Rick Grinnell, we used to chat on Instagram and I would love to still have him on the podcast. He was supposed to come on before the election never happened. And now, of course, me not being on Instagram, I'm not in contact with him. But tell him to hit me up because I want to draft Rick Grinnell. Rick Grinnell should be the next governor of California. And if Rick Grinnell runs for governor of California. Who do you think is going to be out there campaigning for him? Do you think Donald Trump is just going to sit that one out? You don't think Donald Trump's going to want to hold rallies up and down California and show the rest of the country how big this movement actually is? You know, Trump made the judgment for the presidential campaign that maybe it wasn't worth spending the time out there in California and doing rallies in California, even though we held our own. But when the California governorship is up for grabs, especially if a man like Rick Grinnell is running, Donald Trump's going to be out there. Donald Trump's going to be throwing his weight behind all these things. Why in the world would Donald Trump and MAGA just be like, ah, nah, California governor, that's not important. Of course it's important. It's going to be awesome. We're not going anywhere. And the audits aren't going anywhere. It's going to be a thing, Rachel Maddow. It's going to be a thing, Chris Cuomo. No, we're not stopping. No, it's got nothing to do with Q. Not that you even know what that is. But they are going to keep trying to stop it. You know, we've we've talked about uh, Black Lives Matter Antifa collecting down in Arizona to try to threaten this audit. Well, what I've been thinking about, what I'm most worried about is the part of the audit they are going to threaten is the actual canvassing where people go out to addresses where people supposedly voted from and try to figure out if that person actually lives there and actually voted. Then they're just going to be out there in the open. Hopefully all of them will have security, but otherwise that's the sort of thing Black Lives Matter Antifa could go out and interrupt. And they would cover it, of course, by complaining that the canvassers were going through marginalized black and brown communities, right? Because, of course, in all of these fraudulent states, whose votes are they stealing? Whose votes are they creating? Which people are they falsely identifying as communist voters? Guess you have your answer, right? Are we going to be surprised to watch the terrorists try to attack these people? Of course not. Now, obviously saying that, I hope it does not happen. But I don't trust these communists at all. Now, the CDC has new guidelines out today for what you can do outside if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. So fully vaccinated people get to be all in the green and not even have to wear a mask until the very last one for outdoor activities. But here you go. So this is what unvaccinated and vaccinated people can do. And these are labeled the safest walk, run or bike outdoors with members of your household. Attend a small outdoor gathering with fully vaccinated family and friends. Attend a small outdoor gathering with fully vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Oh, look at this. Well, this is interesting. So fully vaccinated people don't have to wear a mask in this situation, but unvaccinated people do have to wear a mask. Oh, so that's like their little scarlet letter so that everybody else knows to stay away from them. Is that what we have here? And we have a good reason for people to check. Hey, were you vaccinated? Oh, well, if you're not vaccinated, you really should be wearing a mask. Oh, fucking communists, man. 
Man, see, I messed it up. Almost got through the whole episode without using the F-bomb. I really do try to be nice for people who are, who have children or people who are like offended by words, but it is what it is. So after this point, we get into the, the yellow, the less safe area. And the unvaccinated person has a mask on here. It's strange though, because the unvaccinated person has a mask on in the last one, but that's still considered safest. It's almost like they're telling us and admitting that masks don't do anything. So it's yellow if you're unvaccinated to dine at an outdoor restaurant with friends from multiple households. But it's okay if you're vaccinated. Hey, CDC. We've already all been doing this stuff. But here's the least safe thing. This is red and mask for unvaccinated. And it's even green and masked for vaccinated because it's so dangerous. Attend a crowded outdoor event like a live performance, parade, or sports event. Hey, morons, how many super spreader events have ever happened outside? Zero. How many recorded cases of transmission have ever happened outside? Also zero. How many recorded cases have happened outside? With an asymptomatic person, the source of the spread. Guess what? Also zero. So the truth is that all of these things are totally safe. Whether or not you're vaccinated. But let's also consider how they're describing this. How Orwellian this language is. It's not safe and unsafe. You know, if you have a bottle of paint thinner. And you look at the back, it says hazard or danger. And then it tells you what not to do. Do not drink. Do not sniff this for too long. Don't soak a rag with this. And then leave a collection of those rags in an enclosed space because they might spontaneously combust. Those are actual warnings of danger. This is a a graphic apparently created by a child and it goes safest, less safe, least safe. That's not the same as describing danger. And of course they can't describe danger because none of these situations are actually dangerous. So yeah, if you agree with Anthony Fauci's common sense that a mask is better than no mask, I guess you could say that certain situations are less safe. And more people around, we also believe by common sense that that's less safe too. So if you add those two things together, yeah, totally less safe. But they can't say it's dangerous. (laughs) It's not dangerous. What they're really just doing is trying to name New situations where communist maskies can get mad and sad. Now, for the last thing, I want to talk about this story that came out over the weekend. Uh, Business Insider has an article up about it yesterday. Kevin Shalvey, April 25th, 2021. Minutes before Trump departed office, a mysterious Florida company reportedly took over a slice of the Pentagon's Internet space. This is mysterious and incredibly interesting And so I want to try to read this and explain it and then speculate about it a bit at the end. So a mysterious Florida company is said to have taken control of a substantial portion of the Internet owned by the Pentagon only three minutes before President Donald Trump's term in office ended. Since then, the company has increased its control to about 175 million IP addresses. The Washington Post reported on Saturday. The Associated Press reported that it controlled more space than some of the world's largest Internet providers, including Comcast and AT&T. The company was identified as Global Resource Systems, LLC, with headquarters in Plantation, Florida. According to Florida State Records, Global Resource Systems filed paperwork in October. The paperwork said it was incorporated in Delaware. A Department of Defense representative told the AP in a statement that the government was publicizing the space to, quote, assess, evaluate, and prevent unauthorized use of DOD IP address space. So that's 
the Biden administration reviewing this, which sounds a lot like not knowing anything about it. On on Twitter on Saturday, the AP posted what a Pentagon spokesman could not explain is why the Defense Department chose Global Resource Systems, LLC, a company that seems not to have existed until September to manage the address space, end quote. A Saturday blog post from Doug Midori, the director of Internet analysis at Kentic, a networking information provider, detailed the great mystery. On Inauguration Day at 1157 a.m. in Washington, a message was posted on the Internet's global routing table by an, quote, entity that hadn't been heard from in over a decade, end quote, Midori wrote. The post came from an entity known as AS8003, which announced it had taken over unused ranges of the IPv4 Internet space owned by the Department of Defense, according to Midori. He wrote that the timing was moments after the swearing in of Joe Biden as the president of the United States and minutes before the statutory end of the administration of Donald Trump at noon Eastern. The AP and the Post sent reporters to the listed addresses for the global resource systems, according to reports. Both times, the reporters were turned away without information. And that's the end of the article here. And if you guys aren't familiar with the Red Pill 78 channel, this guy, Zach Payne, I'm not like an all the time huge fan of it, but he works hard and I think he gets most of his stuff right. And yesterday's show was just dead on brilliant, like really interesting revelatory stuff. Okay. Now the IP addresses, the collection of these IP addresses that were taken over by global resource systems range from 11.11.18.0 to 11.11.18.255. All right. Now, That seems on its face irrelevant, but sometimes the Q people are real interesting. And it turns out that there were Q posts that respond to 11.11.18. And before that, it says route DOD. After that, it says America will be unified again. Future proofs past. Now, you can pay no attention to Q if you like. I think that makes no sense. Q is information among other information. It can lead you to the truth. It can lead you to complete rabbit holes. That's up to you. You have to be discerning on how you handle information. But it's not dangerous, okay? It's not dangerous, and it's not stupid. So you look at this post, and you see 11.11.18. Now, a lot of people thought, That was a reference to a date because it is written in an accepted date format. But it's awfully coincidental that that 11.11.18 matches exactly to these IP addresses, 11.11.18. And there has been a lot of talk over the years about Donald Trump starting his own social media platform, right? The idea being that free speech would be uninhibited and that finally everyone would know what the public actually thinks. Not the manipulated viewpoint of what the public thinks, not the stuff we're allowed to see, but everything so that we can all be informed on what our friends and neighbors actually think. I mean, imagine all these communists actually knew that most of the country thinks that they're evil and stupid. The celebrities especially would have an instant breakdown. They think they have these vast majorities and that everyone loves them. They're going to find out that their world is going to be turned on its head. How do you unify the American people? Well, they need to be unified under something common. And that common understanding is going to come through best when the internet is open. So there could definitely be some project behind this that is building out an internet that is uncensorable, where they can't diminish conservative ideas, where they can't just constantly kick people off. And that might be what we have here. Call me crazy if you want. Call Q crazy if you want. 
doesn't really make any difference. It's information among other information. It'll happen or it won't happen. The point is to constantly be generating new ideas and new understandings and follow them wherever they lead. If they lead to a dead end, you disregard them. If they don't, then we get somewhere important. That's how this works. It's not even complicated. You just have to simply not allow these people to shut you up by telling you that some idea you have is stupid or dangerous. In an information war, all usable information is a weapon. And we want more information because we want to win all these battles. And so sometimes chasing strange leads can be a waste of time, but sometimes it gives us all new weapons. And you can see that on display last night in video that was recorded of Lynn Wood approaching Drew McKissick, who he's running against for the chair of the South Carolina GOP. They've tried to keep Lynn Wood away from the microphones, and now they're trying to make the South Carolina GOP convention where they vote on these sorts of things a virtual convention so that they can cheat in the election. No kidding. They are really trying to use a service called Election Runner to cheat in the election for South Carolina GOP chair. But Lynn Wood approached Drew McKissick and he said to him, I know about you and Lindsay. I know what you did. The truth is coming out. Now, you can think Lynn Wood's crazy, but he's not. And Lynn Wood has been talking quite a lot about an interstate highway that's being built in South Carolina, ostensibly to get traffic to and from Myrtle Beach and to increase tourism. But Lynn Wood has said that he has reliable information that that is going up as a human and sex trafficking route. And that's the sort of thing, these major infrastructure and construction projects, that's where a whole lot of corruption happens. And so he's basically putting that at Drew McKissick and Lindsey Graham's feet and saying, you two together are supporting what this is and you know what this is and that's why all the money's there and that's why all the corruption is here in South Carolina. So let's see where it goes. But in the meantime, that's a new piece of information. That's a new path to walk down. And Lynn Wood is not just blowing smoke. Believe that he is at your own peril. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Mastin lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable. 
with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!